Maybe if you don't want to talk, you could just listen. What is happening? I am Mal Foster, and you are listening to the latest episode of your third favorite, above average, but admittedly, no matter what your cousin has told you, infinitely curious podcast dimed out. It is season four, episode 13, and in this week's episode, we are continuing the small trend, which has kind of become a sort of mini trilogy within the season of topics within the mind. Season 4, episode 11, saw us diving into Timothy Leary and the Harvard Psilocybin experiments. Last week, we had a wonderful chat with Jessica Michaels, who is a neurodiversity coach for uh, the workplace. And this week, we're going to be talking to Roxana from Honest Rocks. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had the absolute pleasure of chatting with Roxana, who is a introvert strategist. I should throw that out there pretty early on. Um, about introverted behavior, introverts as a whole, social anxiety, uh, exposure therapy, things that people that do suffer from social anxiety and that do have uh, introverted personalities can do to help themselves grow. So yeah, lots of brilliant, helpful stuff, especially if you do consider yourself to be an introvert or you do suffer from social anxiety. If you don't, then it's definitely worth listening to so you can kind of get a different perspective. So you can kind of maybe look out for things, recognize things in people that you know and hopefully love. And uh, yeah, just kind of get to see things through a different prism. So yeah, I'm not going to waste any more time because it is actually a little bit of a sort of prolonged introduction that I had with, with Roxana. Before we actually get into all of that stuff, we kind of uh, touch upon a few other things uh, mainly her confusion as to why I asked her to be on the show, uh, amongst some other elements as well. So, uh, yeah, without any further ado and any more waffling from me, this is uh, this is a wonderful conversation that I had the pleasure of having with Roxana from Honest Rocks. that I want to talk to you about like when I started <laughs> making I, I guess my question is why <laughs> like what do I have that's so interesting is, is, is that genuinely something you thought when I, when I approached you to do this you were like why the hell Absolutely. does he want to talk to me because yeah. I'll, tell, I'll tell you why you were one of the finds um so the way the process works for the show in finding guests is there's a number of ways sometimes I'll go on reddit and there's like a communal um I'll be a guest I've got a podcast etc Sometimes it's a case of like, if I have a specific topic that I'm interested in that I want to talk about, I will go to Reddit, I'll go to other communities and I will just put a message out saying, look, guys, I'm looking for someone who's an expert in this field. Could you talk about this? Would you want to talk about this? And I'll kind of just headhunt people that way. In other cases with you and a couple of others, I genuinely like your content and I find it helpful. Um, (laughs) 
And okay. and I don't know how. I, I think it's just basically the nature of the algorithm because, like a lot of people, my mental health's kind of taken a pummeling over the last two years. Yes. And one of the things that I've tried to use social media for is finding a sense of, of not immediate connectivity, but just kind of knowing that there's like-minded people out there that are maybe going through similar things and whatnot and looking at areas in which I can improve internally and right. personally. And so kind of going through different content and whatnot, I think you've kind of got recommended in the shuffle. And oh, I started I started watching your videos and I'm like, okay, a lot of this applies to me. Um, With the social anxiety, you mean, particularly? Yeah, absolutely. So I am like a dyed-in-the-wool introvert with extroverted tendencies sometimes. Like, does it? Does an extrovert yep. wanting to burst out, but it's just kind I of like com- well. completely yes. like in <laughs> in the arms of an introvert who's like, no, 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 Aww. we we can't be doing that. Um, so but yeah, you're a social introvert, I take. Yeah, yeah, and okay. especially over the last, uh, I would say three years, because I've made a big move. I moved from the UK to the US, which is where I'm at now. Um, Mm -hmm. So a lot of changes, uh, a lot to kind of get used to, leaving a lot behind, a lot of transition. And then obviously COVID kind of comes in and adds to that a little bit as well. So, um, yeah, I feel that so much. I moved from the States to Europe, so opposites. But I like the culture shock. I'm Mm -hmm. sure from like the British perspective to the American, where it's like, open friendly everyone's talking to you that's a completely different <laughs> oh it is, you know, it is. yeah <laughs> so the way that I've talked about this before with other people to kind of give them a bit of a perspective um and, to, and like talking about it with my wife is in Britain we're on about a free so we're perfectly friendly just not yes. as approachable it's a case of like <laughs> if you can find a way into a conversation if you may be introduced via mutual friends or a mutual yeah. interest you kind of get to know someone a little bit they'll open up a little bit over here it's like a 10 it's like everyone's yes, telling you everything from the first moment you meet right. yes <laughs> the neighbors all know your your story I mean yes it's a whole different level. yeah so it's kind yeah. of like calibrating somewhere between a three and a ten isn't always the easiest <laughs> thing but that's oh, where stuff like what you do and other people do come in handy and has been a real sort okay. of benefit for me so yeah uh, you're on here because I genuinely like what you do and I find it helpful and I feel like if I have this platform as much as I uh, as small as it is as much as it's kind of self-centered about things I find interesting and hopefully other people do there are people that I will ask on specifically not just because it's been of a benefit to me but because I feel like getting that person's work out will be a benefit to others as well so well, I appreciate that well, thank you yeah I so- do have to say though I I listened to a couple <laughs> of your podcasts like a couple of weeks ago and I watched one of them because you had a YouTube video on the yeah. weird internet links or whatever it is oh yeah yeah I have to say that I've never laughed so hard at a podcast episode <laughs> I I just would not stop laughing and I had to like put my ear bud into my husband's ear so he could listen to it because like this guy is just cracking me up <laughs> and I, I kept thinking like where do I fit in between right trauma and <laughs> stuff on the internet and like <laughs> I was like I have to find out if you ever got that guy at your door because I think he ordered from Amazon dating like oh no no and I, 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 yeah I didn't I'm still waiting to be honest I should I'm maybe send laughing. 
so hard. And she made me send customer services a message saying it's been about six weeks now. Oh, it has, right? Yeah. The benefits so. of having Amazon dating prime, I guess. <laughs> Your date oh, gets yeah. there by the weekend. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you fit in because I generally, uh, what I've always tried to do is have a sort of very wide spectrum of stuff. Yeah, um, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. But I am, I'm always, always pushing and pursuing things that I think could be a betterment to me, um, mm. but also to other people. And as I say, that's kind yeah. of where, where you come in. And this has got to be the longest intro uh, before we actually get into <laughs> who we're talking about that I've had yeah, in two who years. Am I? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so there you go. That's a great, that's a great leeway. Who, who are you? <laughs> so that's funny, though. So I'll just start by saying that my name is Roxana. Um, you can call me Rox, Roxy. Um, but this is one of those questions that I hate getting. Yeah. I, like I absolutely hate being asked, you know, who are you? You know, where do you come from? Because um, I have severe identity issues. Um, and I think that's where part of my social anxiety comes from because I can't get past like, who am I? So if you mm. ask me, I have no answer. Um, I live in I live in Amsterdam right now. I was born in Romania. I grew up in Canada and I lived in Florida for 20 years. So I struggle with saying, where's my home? Um, right. You know, and like everywhere I go, I don't fit in. Everywhere I go, I'm from somewhere else. And that's something that I've, I still am struggling with, you know, identifying yeah. with. Yeah. Um, and it's still taken me a long time to get to where I am. I am right now where I can say, okay, well, I'm international. <laughs> I'm yeah. an international individual. You know, I don't have a home, but my home is everywhere. I like so, that. You're a citizen yeah. of the world. I am indeed. And I think you can a little bit, appreciate that i think you can relate sure. because right Absolutely. now like you're there but people are like okay where are you actually from because mm-hmm. of your accent oh you know, yeah so. yeah people instantly assume i'm australian which is kind of oh interesting strange and funny i would not have thought that yeah no neither would i but i mean then again i've lived with my own voice for like 30 plus years so you know yes i'm, I'm yes. kind of used to it um that's interesting though because i do kind of identify with that but i also identify with the idea of just kind of not really feeling like you fit in even even back mm-hmm. in, in northern england i always i always felt slightly adjacent to to everybody mm-hmm. you know there's there's things i can relate to with other people obviously um i'm not a completely isolated human being but just yes. i always kind of felt a little bit on the fringe and as i say just kind of adjacent to whatever else was going on uh, yeah so, yeah i can i can identify Same. with that I think um, a lot of people can, yes. And I think a lot of people are not aware of how many of us are out there like that. They yeah. feel like everyone just fits in, everyone's having a great time, and they're the only ones that are just suffering. <laughs> and that's that, not the case. Yeah. It, it really isn't. And that's another reason why I've asked you on here. It's the reason why I've had like social media experts on as well, because I feel mm-hmm. like we do kind of become very much trapped inside our own heads. And I'm kind of going to touch back on this at some point. I'm going to loop back around to that. When the truth is... And what has been very helpful for me, personally speaking, uh, using social media, as I said, is is finding that there are other people that kind of feel like you do, right. or that when you come across content people are creating, and you go, "Holy shit, oh. this person's <laughs> talking about me!" And then you scroll yes. down in the comments, and you see so many other people identifying it, and it is really good at kind of just pulling you out of your own head and being like, "You're not the only person dealing with this. There are other people," and it makes you feel less not abnormal, but less. Right. you know off kilter a little bit and I, I love that about what I do is that I get so many messages that say that like oh my gosh I can relate so much to your content or I used to feel like I was so alone and feeling like this and that kind of validates the fact that I need mm. to keep putting this stuff out there 
Yeah, um, and it keeps me going. You know? So, but you know, going back to who I am, that is that's kind of that's like a little background of my like identity. But um, right now, the current work that I'm doing is just being a content creator for introverts. So I like to say that I make introverts laugh. That's kind of how yeah. I go about it. You know, yeah. I make a lot of a lot of silly reels, but tied to like real things that people struggle with. Because I do want to bring light to some of the behaviors that we have, some of the thoughts that we have. And just, again, like you said, just we're not alone in thinking these things. Totally. Um, I, I mean, that's a wonderful yeah. approach. I'm a big believer if you can bring levity to any situation, how, no matter how serious it is, it makes it more digestible and, and yes. easier to deal with. So I, I'm, I'm all yeah. for silliness and absurdism. Um, <laughs> I and can she, see that in your podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like it doesn't need to be explained, to be fair. Right, right. <laughs> um, so introvert strategy, uh, you put on your, I think on your profile, you are an introvert strategist and that is yes, kind of yes. within the content that you're creating. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, what I like to do is whenever talking about something new, kind of coming from the, the ground floor, uh, what yeah. is introvert strategy? That's a great question. Um, so I incidentally coined this term like a couple months ago. Okay. Um, because I was trying to find like, where do I fit in into like this whole, like mm. what, what do you call online business world? Because there's right. so many titles and yeah. introvert coach never fit with me. I don't do client work. I don't do one-on-ones. So I was like, okay, what is my purpose? Like, what is it I'm trying to do here? Um, so I thought introvert strategist makes sense. Um, because looking at my journey with, you know, being an introvert and having social anxiety, um, I thought that being an introvert strategist makes sense because there are two components to it. Um, the first one is accepting that you're an introvert. And that took me so long. It took mm-hmm. me like a decade to be like, I, I finally accept I'm an introvert. I can't change it. Um, I can't be an extrovert, which is something I wished for for the longest time. I just, I thought it was, you know, living your best life as an extrovert. You know, things come easily. You can have friends, um, you know, connect easier. Um, so that's one part of the strategy is finally accepting yourself and your nature and your your strengths right and then there's the other component which is pushing yourself over the edge of your comfort zone because there, it's one thing being an introvert and being comfortable with being at home you know in yeah. your own little cozy um cozy cor- corner but that's only going to get you so far you know right. you need to figure out ways to improve you know social skills social confidence public speaking skills whatever it is that you need to take yourself to the next level mm-hmm. so I like to say that there, there are two for, there's a two-step formula to becoming the best version of yourself. So one is acceptance and one is growth. So that's why as a strategy, you have to implement both of those areas to really get to who you are supposed to be eventually. Right. Um, so that's why I like to say that I'm an introvert strategist because I, I help on both of those you know, perspectives. Yeah, yeah, totally. And from from the content that you put out, it does seem very much like you are orientated at giving people tools to use. Yes. Yeah, so I do want to make it actionable. Like these are the things you need to do in order to feel like you're honoring your introverted self and you don't mm-hmm. feel like the peer pressure to be someone else. But at the same time, you're not stagnating, that you are looking for ways to grow as an individual. Um, because I, I think I just said this a couple of weeks ago that there's an introvert ceiling um, and we have all of these limiting beliefs that we place upon ourselves on top of what society says we can or cannot do as introverts. You know, we can't be good leaders. We can't be charismatic. We can't be social animals, whatever it is that society places on us. There is our limiting beliefs that, oh, I can't show up on camera because I'm an introvert. I can't speak eloquently or I can't voice my thoughts because I'm an introvert. 
So there's this introvert ceiling that I'm trying to help others break through um, by providing this type of content, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes absolute sense. Yeah, and and, and it's funny because I've never really kind of considered that phrase, but I totally understand what you mean. Um, Because there is, you know, if you you are an introverted person, you'll realize your own personal limits that you currently have. But, you know, there Mm -hmm. is hope that you can kind of exceed those and kind of, as you say, break through. What I think is really good about what you're doing, and you kind of really touched upon it there, is is the sense of growth and but at the same time kind of staying true to who you are like the core of of the person if you know what that is if you're lucky enough to know what the core (laughs) of who you are is um, keeping that intact but kind Mm -hmm. of growing and 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 becoming more than not a complete overwrite because I feel yes I mean from my own personal perspective at like the worst times there's been moments where I'm much like I just wish I was somebody else completely and yes, that's not that's right. not a, really a healthy way to think it's sometimes an intrusive thought that comes in and mm-hmm. it's just you have to kind of deal with that when it happens but I think there are other people that do feel like that quite regularly but I think what you're proposing in the sense of keeping the true essence of who you are the core of who you are what you know but building upon that is is fantastic yeah and and learning how to be comfortable with it, I think that is the biggest challenge. Yeah. So one thing that I like to give as an example is when I'm out with a group of friends at the table and everyone's talking, I used to always have this urge that I need to say something. I need to be funny. I need right. to share my experience. And I would put so much pressure on myself that I would just not enjoy any single minute of it. And that mm. would deter me from going to more social situations. Now I accept that I love to observe I don't feel this need to be part of the conversation because I'm just, I'm enjoying listening to other people because that's part of my nature. Um, And that, but that was such a slow progress to get to this point, you know, because society is like, oh, you have to say something. You have to be smart. You have to be funny. You know, people, you know, they need to think something of you. And I'm like, no, I need to think of me first and what makes me happy. So it it is a change of like a mindset shift um, that needs to happen. Yeah. There is a weird societal pressure to to contribute and you've touched yes, upon this you've touched all upon the this. time <laughs> there's, a, there's a phrase i can't remember which video it is it's on your instagram feed uh, okay. about hustle culture and, mm, that, yes. and and that really kind of sort of rolls into that the sense that you need to be contributing something to something all the time right yes uh, i think it was was it with the phone? I think I was scrolling yeah, on the phone. That's it. Uh, yes. Yeah, so all these online gurus, they all say you need to keep creating. You need to create. You need to create instead of consume because that's mm-hmm. how you make money. That's how you reach status. Um, but for me, consuming, you know, brings on creativity. It makes me connect with people. There's a whole different area that allows me to thrive when I consume media, like your podcast. I mean, just laugh, be able to laugh like that. And I'm consuming that. That makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. I don't need to always like put out, put out content um, to feel like I'm belong, that like I belong or that I'm doing something with my time, you know? Right. And, and I think yeah. for, for a lot of people, it's the same. And you really touch upon something interesting in, in the sense of observing, you know, of, yes. it doesn't always have to be active participation. I mean, it's helpful and that does help you grow, but it doesn't necessarily, and, and I do feel like there is, a, again, a societal pressure to contribute in, in that as well. You know, right. people are expected to, constantly be throwing things into a conversation and the thing is sometimes you communicate more just by listening and I know that sounds kind of redundant (laughs) but I think you do because you get to kind of pick up on 
um, what people are actually saying. Yes. You're, you're listening, you're, you're practicing active listening rather than just being there and just, you know, having it wash over you and not having a clue what someone's been talking about for the last 10 minutes. Right. And I think as an introvert, people often dismiss that as a strength, your mm. observational skills, your ability to listen instead of, of talking. Um, and in one of my workshops, I give the example of when you start observing, you can actually connect with people in ways that you didn't think were possible. Um, and when I used to work in corporate America, and I, I used to be terrified of asking questions or introducing mm. myself or saying anything in a meeting. But what I did really well was understand the, the um, if there was a conflict between two people and it was kind of like passive aggressive, I would recognize, okay, this is what's going on between them. Um, and later on, I would approach one of them or my manager and say, hey, listen, I noticed that there was some kind of tension. Um, this is what I think happened. Maybe this is how we can resolve it. So I was putting my best foot forward because I noticed things that maybe other people didn't. Um, and I used that to my advantage. Yeah. And I think that more introverts need to be aware that not really saying anything can actually work in their favor. So what I want to know is how you actually found yourself in the position you're in now. How exactly did you become an introvert strategist? What yes. kind of led you to well, this place? You know, we can go back 10 years. I, I, when I was um, 24 and I graduated university a little bit late, I had an entry-level job as a financial analyst at a Fortune 500 company. Okay. And that's when I realized I had severe social anxiety. Like I said, yeah. I couldn't ask questions in meetings. I forgot my titles. I mean, I've made a fool out of myself. And at some point, one of my mentors, like a higher up in management, literally told me to my face, if you're not able to speak up in a meeting, you will never be promoted. You will not become a senior financial analyst. And that really hit me. I was like, wow, I'm really holding myself back because of, you know, whatever this is. <laughs> mm. I had no name for it. I did not know it was, it was social anxiety. I just knew that I could not speak the way that, you know, other people did. I couldn't connect. I was just terrified of what people thought of me. So I started by just deconstructing like, like this, 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 how do I say it? Um, like, how can I ask a question in front of people? Like, it was something so basic that other people had no problems with. I was like, what are some of the steps I can take to start asking a question? Um, and so I devised this social anxiety action plan for myself, you know? So first thing, you know, write the question down so I can actually read it without mm. having to think out loud um, what, what question to ask. Um, the second one would be, okay, instead of interrupting, I would just raise my hand so people know I want to say something because, you know, jumping into a conversation was terrifying. I did yeah. not want to interrupt people. I was like, I'm an entry level person. You know, I can't be speaking over these people. <laughs> um, so I was, I was like thinking of all these ways that I could make it easier on myself. And so based on that, at some point, I'm like, huh, maybe I can help other people in this mm. situation. So I opened honestrocks.com to help people with social anxiety. And so I just started posting these um, freebies, these opt-ins, and then people started downloading them. Um, and so it just started building that way. And then I, I realized that I could get promoted every 18 months because I figured out the formula, how to connect as an introvert, how to um, you know, improve my sphere of influence and doing all these things that I mentioned earlier, you know, observing and then using that to my advantage. And so I realized that I was getting promoted every 18 months. And at some point I was like, what am I doing here? I'm miserable at this job. This is so not, <laughs> this is so not me, you know, just being in a cubicle all day, having to talk to people, having to speak up. I was like, oh, this is just horrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so out of nowhere, I quit 
I quit my job in 2019 and sold the house, the cars, every possession that we had. Wow. Um, and, and we moved to Europe. And so part of the reason why I did that was because I wanted to get a degree in psychology. I thought, okay, if I have more authority and people know, okay, she, right. she has a degree, a master's degree, maybe they would listen more to what I had to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to build that credibility. So I moved here and I got my second master's degree. Wow. Um, and then I realized I don't want to do anything with this degree. <laughs> it is completely useless. And identify with that um, as well. <laughs> so I have, all my degrees have been so useless so far um and then last year I decided you know I'm just gonna go full-time with Honest Rocks and see if I can actually build an online business helping introverts with social anxiety um so that's kind of like the quick summary of what got yeah. me here it's just really wanting to help others specifically young women um in corporate like in, in an office area and then right. it just kind of expanded into you know helping uh, introverts in other ways that's a really cool angle and I think that would be very beneficial because I'm sure there are a lot of young women who are in corporate that mm-hmm. kind of unfortunately feel um overshadowed unheard yes. um yes. and and a lot of that is obviously built upon the p- patriarchal bullshit system that kind of goes <laughs> Absolutely. into that but then if you add on top of yeah. that somebody's own personal insecurities and and sort of introvert um so behavior yeah yeah. it makes it that much harder to kind of climb up from under it's painful because it feels like no matter what you do you're still not making it but there's all these other things going around you there you have no control over you know the way people perceive you the way that you know the impressions that you make you know again like you mentioned if um there's only men at that level Mm -hmm. you know it's gonna be you know i remember being you know, sitting at lunch with one of my you know, upper managers and I felt so uncomfortable. Like what, what were people thinking that, you know, what was it, what was I trying to achieve? I was like a young intern. Um, and that created social anxiety for me because I didn't right. want them to think that I was like trying to get in, in a different kind of way. Yeah. Um, so there's all these things that you don't really think about. And I really wanted to touch and help people that way. Yeah, totally. Cause, cause fighting people's judgments, and, and mm-hmm. presumptions is 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 half the battle uh, yes. and we'll, we'll kind of get onto that in a little bit about the idea of no one's thinking about uh, it it is a thing <laughs> people do judge you yeah. but it's, yes I mean it's, it's normal <laughs> but it's it's not as bad as as I think a lot of us kind of tend to make out in our own heads but as I say we'll loop back to that because that's how I want to end yes, I yes. think that's really really okay. brilliant stuff um I think there's a couple of things in there that really kind of speak to me uh mm-hmm. You say you didn't, you, you, your degrees didn't end up being useful. From from <laughs> no. my experience, I don't do anything related to my degree, but there are yeah. things that I can cherry pick from it. And I think the process of getting to it, getting the degree and then getting to where I'm at, it, it is all kind of helpful. It's a case of oh, being, absolutely. being yes, able yes. to take something from it. You might not use it or apply it in a practical or vocational mm-hmm. sense, but the journey to getting it and the things that went into getting it, you can definitely pull things, whether that's from a, a professional or in my experience, a personal thing, yeah, like the trajectory yeah. that I went on to get my, my useless degree has helped me. What, what, what is your useless degree? <laughs> it's advertising uh, design management. Oh, that <laughs> Which, doesn't sound useless at all. <laughs> no, like you it, actually use that. no <laughs> it, it is pretty much useless works. Um, <laughs> It's been it's been good in the sense that I was able to kind of revert back to when we were given sort of fake advertising campaigns to do for for, yeah. for grades and sort of projects and stuff. 
the steps towards that have kind of helped with um, branding, and it's just one of those words. Creativity, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So stuff like that, but also just in terms of like the, the kind of sort of things I went through personally during that period of my life has been a good mm-hmm. sort of reflector for me to look back at and, and kind of look at. Well, I was there then. I'm here now. I might yeah. not be in the best place now, but I'm a lot right. better than I was back there because I've yes. done X, Y, and Z. So it's all. I like that. And and it's a no, it's a totally overused word, but it's all part of the process. That's part of the journey. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the other thing that I liked about what you mentioned there about how you got to where you are is starting off small, as small mm. as if I want to ask a question, write it down so I know what it is and I'm not fumbling over my words yes. trying to remember it. And yes. then building up from there. And I think that's really good. You touch upon that in one of your videos as well. I think you refer to it um, mm-hmm. as, was it social laddering or social anxiety? A social laddering? anxiety ladder. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think it's important to do that for every aspect. Whatever it is that you're struggling with, what is the like bite-sized step you can mm. actually take to get to your goal? I think most of us are like, okay, I'm here and I want to be there. And like, holy shit, I don't know how to get there. <laughs> it's like so overwhelming, the gap between where you are and where you want to be that we just don't, um, we don't start. It's just so overwhelming that we just don't believe that we can be what, what we want to be. Um, so I, in every aspect of my life, whether it's starting a new website, like what is it, what is a small thing that I can do today mm-hmm. um, to get closer to it? Yeah. And that's a great thing as well is, is, is a daily basis thing. Like it's good to mm-hmm. kind of have that idea for a, a general sort of end level goal from a yes. macro perspective. Like what can I do to start with, to get me on this journey towards this, this mm-hmm. thing that I want to achieve X amount of right. time down the line. But at the same time, a lot of people do struggle day to day so and they do tend to beat themselves up if they haven't again contributed or done something productive but if you can kind of find a baseline something Mm -hmm. just straightforward that you can do today and it can be if depending on what your situation is it might vary some people who are really in a bad spot with depression tend to kind of neglect a lot of things uh, about themselves yes. from a personal Taking standpoint. Taking a shower, so, so you if know, you getting can take, up, yeah. Yeah, yes. so it's finding a baseline. I think that's a really important key. And I would imagine yes. from your strategist point of view, that's something you would emphasize is like before you kind of run, you first need to crawl, as it were. Yes, to use all the cliches. Like yeah, yeah, all the cliches. <laughs> Oh, they're cliches for a reason because they, they I mean, they work. They, they mean something. Um so yeah, it's. I think it's important to understand that with bite-sized steps, you can actually get to where you want to be. Um, and, and you don't have to think long-term. You can just look at it, you know, next day. What can I do the next day? And mm-hmm. I think that makes it easier to control. Yeah, absolutely. And and I feel like for a lot of people, it's that sense of not having control, which is, is the really, really overwhelming thing, especially from an yeah. introvert standpoint, is because there's so many factors that are outside of your control. Right. Uh, that that can feel daunting and overwhelming. Whereas if you can kind of have a control over something small and manageable, it is kind of like putting your feet on the ground and then you kind of... And it builds against itself, right? I mean, you're building this confidence um, indirectly, you know, being able to speak up in a meeting Mm. was my biggest goal. Um, And I achieved that by asking a question because I'm, I'm, you know, speaking up. It doesn't have to be like a fully formed sentence or a solution or something that people expect, but I am still present and I make my voice heard in a way, uh, even if it's really small. And that, you know, I build up on that. And then I was able to lead entire meetings without flinching, you know, and I was like, at the end of my 
career in corporate, I was like really proud of myself that I, I could see the progress mm-hmm. um, in the past five years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so you should, considering, you know, from what you've said and where you've started to where you got to, there is, mm-hmm. is a great sense of, of progress and growth. Um, yes. I wanted to touch upon, I mean, it's, it's a really sort of broad thing and, and it's not like there's just one or two defining things towards it, like so many stuff. Um, but social anxiety, because I understand not everybody listening to this has it. And yes. I think that it's important to talk about these things, not just for the people that do to kind of sense, give a sense of connectivity and understanding and that, that feeling of, oh, OK, there are other people who can identify with this, who know what I'm talking about. I think it's also really important to kind of talk about it for those that have no idea, because it makes it a little bit easier for people to spot in others, perhaps loved ones, families, even just general people they meet. You know, some people might think, oh, that person's being incredibly rude and and not realizing, (laughs) okay, maybe it's because they just have a lot of social anxiety. Um, yes, the resting bitch face and, right. you know, being rude and this person is intimidating and why don't they speak up more? Why don't they smile? You know, mm. you know, they think they're so much better than us, you know? So yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions around people with social anxiety. Yeah. And that's, yes. that's kind of what I was going to kind of lead into is because I do feel like there is, and I do feel like they can be misread and misinterpreted. And, mm-hmm. uh, and for those people that do that, it's not a purposeful thing. It's just a case of not right. knowing. You know, it is literally a case of ignorance, kind of leaning into a sense of of, of hurt feelings um, yes. unintentionally. Um, but how would you describe social anxiety, if if at all possible? Because as I say, I know it's a pretty broad <laughs> umbrella. Um, so it's interesting because that that is my biggest challenge in growing Honest Rocks in general is mm-hmm. the fact that people don't know they have social anxiety. Yeah, And it's interesting because there's at some point you realize that there's you feel off, you feel like there's something wrong because you're not um, behaving the way other people behave, but you still don't understand why or what it is, you know, and social anxiety is kind of tricky that way. Um, So the way that I would characterize it is if you have this intense feeling of social rejection, if you feel like everyone's judging you all the time and all eyes are on you. And you can't say anything and you're holding yourself back. You have this constant filter that you have to watch every single word that you say because it's going to be used against you or people are going to laugh or they're going to say something. Um, and and so based on that feeling that you have, you just start avoiding social situations. Mm-hmm. So if you're actively saying no to going out with your friends or to any new kind of social um, event because you're scared, that's the initial um, how do you say baseline for social anxiety? That's a, a signal that you have anxiety over meeting people. Um, and the more you do that, I think people have this misconception that if they avoid it, then it's not gonna ha- it's not gonna be there. It's gonna go away. But it, mm. it gets that much more intense. The more you avoid it, the worse it becomes, and the harder it is to overcome it at some point. Um, because you just you're not putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations to figure out okay what are some of the things that I can work with what what is it that I'm feeling how do I get over this feeling you know when do I have it you know there's so much that you need to understand about yourself um and if you don't put yourself in those situations then you'll never get to that part where you 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 know what you need to do is this is this what you would refer to as exposure therapy yes absolutely 
Yeah. yeah. Well, so just lean into that a little bit. Like what are some sort of good examples? Because one thing that I really want to direct people to towards the end of this, uh, and there will be links in the show notes, is the, the main link that you have in your Instagram bio, which gives you all sorts of different mm-hmm. uh, newsletters, uh, benefits, Freebies. challenges and stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, loads yeah. of stuff in which people can get involved and kind of learn mm-hmm. more about it, but also actively participate. And one of the things yes. I've noticed digging through that is that you've talked about exposure therapy um and I honestly about that a lot yes <laughs> yeah from a personal standpoint that's what I kind of need to do a little bit more myself mm. so I am thinking of perhaps taking your seven day challenge yes you should so that. I ran this social anxiety challenge a couple of times and the, the results were phenomenal people still you know tell me that they got confidence from that um so I have like 19 challenges uh but we start with like seven um, and there are different levels, obviously. I don't want you to jump in and, right. and just go to a networking event and start talking to people. They're, that's not what exposure therapy is. And how my therapist says that that's flooding. You are literally flooding yourself. Mm-hmm. So you, if you're scared of balloons, you're not going to go into a room full of balloons. That is not what you want because you're going to be so frozen. Your anxiety is going to be so high. You're not able to understand what's going on. You're not going to be able to think, okay, what is what do I need to do now? Mm-hmm. So exposure therapy is really taking small steps incrementally so that you can achieve your goal. Like what I, my example with the questions, that is exposure therapy. You know, there's different levels of it. Um, but for the challenge, for example, um, a way to expose yourself, if you really feel like people are judging you all the time, um, one of the challenges is describe yourself in three words. So you would write down, okay, these are three words that are how I would describe myself. And then you ask three to five people, maybe friends, colleagues, if they can also do that. So you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position because you mm. don't know what they're going to say. No. Um, but chances are like 90% of the time, they will, you will have this connection between your words and their words. They're going to be very closely aligned. And I want people to, to do that challenge just to show them that what you think about yourself is not what other people think. You know, you are your worst um how do you say judge (laughs) so you're judging yourself more harshly than other people are because um you just you feel like you're the center of attention and everyone's staring at you um but that's not the case like you said people don't care most of the time people don't care about you and you're just walking around thinking that they do but they don't give a shit they're thinking about their own worries their own anxieties um you know what they're going to cook for dinner so if you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable and have them describe describe you in a sentence or, two, or like a word or two then you're going to see that what you think that they think is just totally off it's mm-hmm. totally off <laughs> so that's one challenge um another one would be okay take a selfie in public because that's like people are staring at you you feel uncomfortable but it's such a short amount of time it's one second and then you walk away mm-hmm. so that's you know small steps but those are challenges and exposure therapy that i think really help you build your confidence absolutely and i think as i said we kind of get back to this so let's dive into it because i do something that really resonated with me is Mm -hmm. is that idea of and like for a long time i i've kind of found myself moving away from it in recent years but definitely like when i was much younger my main concern was oh my god that person thinks that about me yeah um and it's it doesn't matter if i know them um on a, on a deep right. personal level if I've known them for like all my life or if they're just mm-hmm. somebody that is walking past me in the street 
Yeah. Um, you you kind of just project. Oh God, that prob- that person was probably thinking the worst of me. And with stuff like that, I think it is a little bit more heightened sometimes with strangers when you're out in public. And I think mm-hmm. the idea yes. of taking a selfie in public is actually a pretty good idea because yeah, you do have that thing at the back of your head where it's like, oh my God, everyone's watching me do this. Yeah. They're watching and you do selfies it. are hated all around. Nobody likes people that take <laughs> selfies. <laughs> the thing is. They're probably registering what registering what you're doing, but it's mm-hmm. probably gone within five seconds because they're moving yes, on to the next thing. So, yes. so you might get someone be like, oh, oh God, look at that person. Anyway, what are we having <laughs> yeah. for lunch? Right, exactly. It's like it's gone the next second. They have so many other... I think I just heard today that we have like 10,000 thoughts a day. I mean, wow. we don't have space to think about all these other people walking around us, you know? It's like you forget <laughs> the next second. <laughs> I know. It's not like four hours later. Uh, right. They're, they're still going, I can't believe that person was taking a picture of themselves outside. <laughs> right. It's Who so do they crazy. think they are? <laughs> and if they do, there's something wrong with them, you know? it's like... Right. Ex- exactly. If they are having a prolonged thought about that that very incidental moment, then then that's on them. The onus is very much on them. Um, but yeah, yeah it, I mean, it's different. There's different ways to tackle this. You know, is this going to matter ten years from now? Am I going to remember this moment? You know, you know. There's so many ways to to rethink. You know that's, how people judge you. Yeah. That's that's a great way about doing it. Like those are great questions to kind of have in in the in the back pocket you know yes. every when, time when, you feel a little bit awkward yeah just ask yourself that yeah yeah like how i mean it even it's just like if you bring it down to like will this even be an issue tomorrow will right. i even care about this tomorrow um there's yeah. a there's a and i'm going to quote you directly i don't know how many times you've been quoted in your life um Roxana, <laughs> but, well here we go here's, here's the first one let's first. go let's do this right and it <laughs> comes from the video the landing video on your youtube page which again will be linked in the show notes and i highly recommend people go check that out because your short content and stuff on instagram is brilliant but mm-hmm. the, the some of the longer form stuff on there is really good and it gives people a, a better insight into some of the challenges and whatnot that you're doing and the actual strategy yeah. work that you've, you're putting out there uh it comes from your landing page um, and the quote is, at the end of the day, no one thinks about you as much as you think about yourself. And yeah. that just kind of rang a bell and was like, that yeah. is so true. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So there's, I don't know if you know, um, the School of Life. Are you aware of the School of Life? I'm, I'm not. Okay. Well, I think it might be up your alley. They okay. have so much content. And there's this one article about how nobody, like it had such a big impact on me. And it walks you through um, when you're a baby and everyone's eyes are on you and they take care of all of your needs. And then as you move through life, you know, at some point you realize nobody cares, literally nobody cares about you. Mm. And if you think about it, you could be sad. You can be sad about that, but you can also be liberated because you can just be walking like half naked on the street. And then people are going to be like, Oh, what, 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 what is she doing? But you know, after that, you know, they're not going to think about you anymore because they don't care. You're you're not part of their life. You're not part of their circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just this whole idea that because we live in our heads, we are our own center of the universe, and we yeah. believe that everyone else sees us that way. That we are like this superhero, you know, the, the protagonist of the, the story. But everyone is of their own story. Right. So mm-hmm. we're all walking around thinking we're the center of the universe, but we're not at all. Um, so if you remember these things, then it just makes it that much easier to to do whatever it is that you want to do, you know, so without having people, um, yeah, care about what people think of you. Yeah, I, I, I as I said, it just it, it rang a bell and it, and it really does just have so much resonance. 
Uh, yeah. And hopefully it will do for people listening as well, because I think whether you suffer from uh, social anxiety, whether you're an introvert, whether you have depression, or you just have mm-hmm. like a broad, broad spectrum anxiety, whatever is going on in, in your life, if, if you're having a tough time, it is a good thing to kind of remember and kind of just yeah. kind of touch upon every once in a while is that, you know, you are, you are, you are the protagonist to your own story and you don't right. need to be putting projected, assumed mm-hmm. expectations and judgments, which probably, as you mentioned before, aren't even there. You know, I like the right. idea of that challenge of getting people to write down free words because it's not just a case mm-hmm. of being vulnerable and kind of exposing yourself, but it feels to me like it's a good way to really sort of reinforce a sense of self-esteem and value because the, the, the yes. words that people probably will return to you are unexpectedly good. Like, in, yeah. in my head, I'm yeah. thinking if I gave that task to like 10 people, mm-hmm. the reality of it, and, and it's not to be egotistical here, but they would probably say nicer things nice than things. I was expecting. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You would be surprised. You'd be like, oh, uh-huh. wow. Yeah. And it makes you feel so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so again, it, it rewires that sense of like everyone's thinking the worst of me. Oh, people don't really like yes. me that much. People probably right. find me annoying. And then you get these back <laughs> and it's just like, oh, actually, oh, they think I'm quite nice. Yes. Yes. You know, that that's part of social anxiety is, is it has its own language. And I, mm. I tell people in my workshops that you have to treat it as a separate entity. You are talking to it. It's not part of you, you know? So see if you can disconnect and listen to its language. If it's saying you're boring, you're uninteresting, you're unlikable, you know, what are people going to think about you? That's social anxiety talking to you. That's not mm-hmm. you. So right. if you learn how to recognize it, you can put a stop to it um, because those are not, those are lies that you're telling yourself or it's, it's telling you. One last thing before we, we round yes. up. Um, I did quote you from that landing video. I highly, I mean, I highly recommend anybody listening to this to go check out all of your stuff, but definitely go check yeah. out the YouTube stuff because I really found the long form stuff really interesting. And one thing I find very, um, I think is credible to you and what you're doing mm-hmm. and gives you a real sense of authenticity is you are being vulnerable yourself. You're talking about yes. things that have affected you, things that are still currently mm-hmm. affecting you. And oh that man, video, I'm still struggling. I'm still struggling big time. But I think, I think, and, and that's not nice to hear from a human perspective as somebody who's engaging in conversation with you, but at the same time, as someone that is helping other people, I think it's identifiable. And it, as I say, it gives you a sense of authenticity that it's not just somebody who's like, I'm fixed. I'm great. I know all the answers. Here they are. Right, it's like, right. I'm still working through my shit. I've got some <laughs> things that might help you work through yours. Let's do it together. Yes. Um, yes I, yeah, I'm like one step ahead of you. That's it. I'm not that far ahead. <laughs> right. And that's, and that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, but that video in particular really struck a chord because you talk about your social anxiety and how it affects you in situations um, mm-hmm. when you're out with your kids. And I think yes. that is a, a market, as it were, a demographic, whatever bullshit label you want to put on it. Yes. A soci- like a societal sector that doesn't get addressed enough, you know, because yeah. there, there is already like, presumably a lot of anxiety in terms of having kids and their safety but then you factor into your own personal anxieties Mm -hmm. and it becomes an issue that a lot of people don't seem to talk about so it was genuinely really quite refreshing despite not having kids myself Mm -hmm. to see you be vulnerable and to talk about that and I think that would be a huge benefit and help to people that maybe are in a similar or exact same situation Mm -hmm. to you 
Yes, I would like to touch more upon that because that's the one area that I struggle severely. Like I'm not able to do, I am, I'm, I'm going to therapy and I still mm-hmm. cannot manage it and it's excruciatingly painful. Um, so yeah, there definitely is a market for that. Have you found that has been helpful for you kind of being, allowing yourself to be vulnerable and talk about these personal things? Um, I haven't really thought about it. Um, I think it gave it gives me confidence that uh, that I'm growing as a person. So I think mm-hmm. it's beneficial to me. Yeah, I, I think I think anybody that has got the willingness um, and the ability to be open and vulnerable, I think that does show a sense of growth because it's it's a sense of confrontation mm-hmm. about things that scare you yes. a lot. Yeah. But you're allowing that in, and you're allowing yourself to look at it and realize, okay, this is something I do need to work on, but it's something yeah. that I, I can work on you know i mean it's not bigger than me in the long term but at the minute i just kind of need to to confront it i I think that's generally generally very very helpful and as i said it lends such a sense of authenticity to you which i think is very important whenever you're looking for whatever you want to call it self-help development growth if you find somebody that is allowing themselves to do that to be open to be vulnerable to talk about things that are affecting them and I'm presenting this very sanitized sort of fabricated right. I've got all the answers I'm fixed here you go to me that's yeah. that's nonsense I want to see somebody who has got experience who who I feel like okay they know what they're talking about you can about talk to me it. about it right. yeah yeah yeah. So. I appreciate that you know and, and that's what I realized after my degree is that I don't need to have this certificate on my wall to make an impact mm. I can I can just talk about my experience I don't need to be a clinical psychologist for people to to get help from me I no. can just do it in a different way and I feel much better about that excellent well I think that is a brilliant place to finish this up um Roxana okay. thank you so much for taking the time to well, talk thank to me. you this was um, awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And hopefully it's been a, a bit insightful for people that do suffer from some of these things. And hopefully it's been a bit yes. insightful for people that don't to kind of be mm-hmm. able to recognize and kind of lend themselves to a different perspective. You know, maybe pull themselves out of their own head and try and yes. imagine things in someone else's head. And I think we kind of need a little bit more of that as a whole in general. These in general, days. I agree. I yeah. agree. Yes, we are very disconnected from each other, unfortunately unfortunately but with conversations like this and with the work that you're doing hopefully we can kind of make incremental steps towards getting better at that as i said all the links to roxana's stuff is in the show notes um yeah so go check it out it's brilliant it will help enormously and uh it's also is generally very fun and kind of silly and i'm all about that so (laughs) perfect gang so there you go how delightful was that hopefully that was insightful and helpful as well i say hopefully i know for a fact it was it certainly was for me and uh, yeah as i mentioned at the top of the the conversation with, with roxana there she was sort of headhunted because her content and material has been of a definite benefit to me so i was really pleased uh, that she agreed to come on the show and talk to me about what it is that she does and to give people an idea of how it is that she might be able to help them as well um yeah absolute pleasure chatting to her and uh, like all guests i honestly haven't had a bad guest with the exception of one person that didn't make the show but i'm never going to talk about them because that would be mean and unfair it wasn't that they were a bad guest it's just that uh 
how do I say this diplomatically? I feel like they sabotaged the episode to promote things. <laughs> and I didn't particularly care for how that turned out. But yeah, uh, Roxana, like all guests, is definitely uh, welcome back anytime to talk further into the idea of social anxiety and uh, introverted behaviour. As I mentioned earlier, you can find a link to all of her stuff at Honest Rocks. And I really do recommend you check out both her short and long form content. Both serve different purposes, but both are extremely helpful. Again, as I said, a link to all of her stuff down in the show notes. So do make sure you go check her out, give her a follow and uh, engage with the content as well. Take some of those challenges. I certainly am eyeing up um, a challenge for a future episode at some point. Not for this season, because we've got all the material in the bank now. But yeah, definitely, I think that is on the on the cards for the next season at some point. And on that note, that's pretty much it for this week's episode. Next week, we are talking to our final guest of the season in the first of a two-parter. And yeah, I honestly don't know where to begin with this. Uh, Tim Doyle is uh, a man and he has a lot of beliefs. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be diplomatic. Tim is a very gregarious um talkative raconteur like he he was a genuine pleasure to chat to even if i didn't believe 90 percent of what he was telling me um he is pursuing what he refers to as the path to oneness he um believes and uh, declares himself to be a sort of conduit i guess you would say to uh, some spiritual celestial teachers who he refers to as the golden ones and um yeah it's it's something. It's definitely one of, if not, no, I take that back. It is definitely the most unique conversation I've had in the two-year history of doing Dimed Out because we kind of go all over the place. At one point, we're in Peru on uh, an incidental ayahuasca trip with a shaman named Howard. At other points, there's astral projection, out-of-body experiences, an encounter with the Angel of Death on the same night as WrestleMania. Uh... <laughs> It sounds like I'm just throwing words into a blender here, but yeah, it, it goes a number of places. And um, yeah, it's it's something. It's definitely worth listening to, regardless of how much you are in tune with a spiritual sense, regardless of how spiritual you are as a person, regardless of how much you believe in metaphysics. It's, um, yeah, it's it's definitely worth worth listening to, for sure. But that is next week. As for this week, we are pretty much done. As always, thank you for listening. Look after yourselves, look after each other. And until next week with Tim and the, the various places we're going to take you to, keep it dimed 